nervous about your big speech coming up, huh, Larry? You need to see the executive. Here, take this. Welcome to Secrets for an Awesome Life. You ever see someone living a pretty awesome life and wonder, man, do they know secrets that I don't? Yes, yes they do. And this podcast is about those secrets. I'm your host, Joey Massio, a certified life coach who helps teens build self-confidence, develop social skills, and achieve their goals, or what I call becoming the hero of their own story. Good day, everyone. Hopefully, it's a good day for you. Any day that you move closer to becoming the person you want to be is a good day. But far too often, teens, you spend your time not doing that, not moving closer to the person you want to be. But instead, you're on your screens, right? You're playing video games, or you're watching a show, or you're on YouTube, or TikTok, or whatever you're on, and you're not moving any closer to becoming the person you want to become. And you know it, and I know it, and we both know your parents know it, but I want to help motivate you to stop doing that, to put down the screen and live your own life. And right now, for free, I have my Live Your Own Life Challenge going on. It's, it's available. Like it's, it's there for you to watch. Parent and team can watch it together. Go to joeymassio.com slash challenge. It's a short, less than 15 minute video that will help motivate you teens to put your screens down and to live your own life. Because when you're on your screen, you're not living your own life. You're living somebody else's life. Uh, a fictional video game character or some YouTube star or whatever. I want you to live your own life. So go check that out right now. And if you want to level up your resilience training after that, you have a chance to earn a $25 Amazon gift card. But you got to watch the challenge. So go to joeymassio.com slash challenge and get that right now. Now episode 125, Executive Functioning with Karen Dudek Brennan. Larry stood in front of a tall skyscraper. As he waited, he craned his head up to try to see the top of it. Being a high school student, Larry had never really been to such a nice-looking place. And if his presentation didn't go well next week, then he probably never would. He was running for student body president, and he was going to give a speech in front of the whole school. He was super nervous. He had asked his favorite teacher for some help, And he told Larry that he needed to meet with someone called the executive. And then his teacher handed Larry a piece of paper surreptitiously and left. The only thing on the paper was the address of this skyscraper and a meeting time. So now Larry waited. He watched all the business people coming and going into the building and wondered which one could be the executive. A flash of light and smoke appeared out of nowhere, and suddenly standing next to him was a teenaged girl wearing steampunk clothing. She had ornate goggles on top of her head, an old-fashioned shirt and pants that had been bedazzled with gears, some actually moving, and carried a shoulder bag that was large for a girl who was not. Hello, Larry, said the girl. I'm Karen. Um. Karen? said Larry, who looked around him. No one else seemed to notice that this girl had just appeared out of nowhere. 
Yeah, you and I have a meeting right now, correct? Larry paused. You're the executive? Oh, yeah, that's what they call me. I think it's because this looks like a briefcase. She patted her large shoulder bag. Come on. She hurried off toward a nearby alleyway, and Larry followed. Tell me about your upcoming presentation or project, she said. Oh, um, well, I'm running for student body president, and I have to give a big speech, Larry said as he tried to keep up with the executive as she made her way down the alleyway to a pile of pallets. I'm kind of nervous, and I'm afraid I'm just going to blow it. That would just throw off my whole success path that I want. Yeah, yeah. Failure and misery. I get it. The executive said dismissively as she hopped up and sat down on the stack of pallets. I need the time and place, kid. Time and place. Kid, Larry thought. He was sure they were the same age. Um, it's next Friday at noon at Medford High's auditorium. Perfect. The executive pulled her shoulder bag on her lap and clicked it open. Larry could not believe his eyes. It was like looking into the middle of some complicated contraption that resembled the inside of a pocket watch, but much, much bigger. Hundreds of gears of every size spun, clicked, and rotated. Extra sides magically unfolded, so there was a wall of knobs, dials, and clocks spread out in front of them. The whole setup whirred, ticked, and spewed steam. The executive fiddled with knobs and dials. Let's see, next Friday, noon, Medford High Auditorium. What is this thing? Larry asked. Here, the executive said, handing him a pair of goggles. Put these on. And she lowered hers over her eyes. The whirring of the gears got louder. What? Why? What? What's going to happen? Just put them on, the executive yelled over the noise. Here we go. And she pulled a lever. Larry secured his goggles just in time before the world around him started spinning. The alleyway spun around him like a ticking gear, slowly at first, and then faster and faster. There was a loud pop, and the scene around them was different. They were at the back of the auditorium at his high school. The seats were all full of students, and Larry could see himself sitting on the stage. Is that me? Yep, it's Friday at noon at your high school. You're just about to speak. Now, shh. Larry was introduced by his principal to sparse applause from the audience, and future him stood up and nervously walked toward the podium, but tripped over his own feet and stumbled. The student body gave a collective chuckle. Present Larry put his hands to his face. Oh, no, that's mortifying. Don't worry, said the executive. We can change that. And she fiddled with some knobs and dials on a briefcase contraption. Let's see, that ought to do it. She pushed a big red button, and the scene in front of them rewound. Larry was announced again by the principal, and future Larry stood up and walked calmly to the podium, without stumbling. How... How did you do that? Oh, I didn't do anything. You did. 
or more accurately, you will. Larry was perplexed. What? Quiet, the executive whispered. You're about to speak. Down on the stage, future Larry started his speech. He was sounding fine until he got to the topic of the school's start time, at which point he started to flounder and ramble. Present Larry turned red. Oh, man, school start time is really important to the students, but I don't have a good solution to it. I sound like an idiot. The executive smiled up at him. Yeah, maybe, but an idiot is just someone who takes action without possessing the correct information, which, luckily for us, can be fixed. She turned the dials and flipped switches on her briefcase contraption and pressed the big red button. The scene rewound and future Larry started talking about the school's start time again from the beginning. But this time he sounded confident and knowledgeable. Whoa, present Larry said, astonished again. What did you do? Again, the executive said, I'm not going to do anything. You are. I am, said Larry, but what? Well, now that you've seen what it looks like to talk about school start time successfully, what can you do to make it happen? Um, I don't know, said Larry. I mean, I guess I could research it more, see what other schools have done to solve the problem. Well, that sounds like it would work, said the executive. It's just uh, so hard, said Larry. The executive looked at him pointedly through her goggles. You want me to turn this back to the previous version? No, 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 no. I can do it. I, I want it to go good. Okay, then, said the executive, and they watched the remainder of the speech. At the end, future Larry kind of petered off and ended with a weak thank you, to which the audience responded with equally weak applause. The executive pushed a button and the scene froze. Is that how you want to end it? No, said Larry with a pensive smirk. I can do better than that. Now we're talking, said the executive, who then made some adjustments and pushed the big red button a final time. The scene rewound and future Larry ended his speech again, but this time it was full of energy, hope, and a clever finishing line. The crowd of students erupted in a roar of applause. Present Larry smiled wide. The scene around him swirled and clicked in a reverse direction from before, and suddenly he was back in the alleyway. Aw, said Larry. We couldn't just stay a bit longer to enjoy the moment? Can't, said the executive. No time. You got to go implement the changes to make it happen. You know what to do? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Thank you, uh, Miss Executive. Oh, call me Karen. And she packed up her briefcase in a flash. Yeah, sure, Larry nodded. The executive shook his hand and started walking off. Larry realized he still had on his goggles. He removed them and called after her. Hey, Karen, your goggles. Keep them, she called over her shoulder. What uh, did they even do? Larry said. Nothing. They just look cool. Bye. And in a puff of smoke and a click of a gear, she was gone. 
All right. That story was based on a real person. The executive is real. And I have her here with me. Her name is Karen Dudek Brannon, and she is phenomenal. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Tell us about yourself. Okay, let's see. So I started off working with kids and the schools. I also work with adults too, but I was a speech pathologist. So another way to say that would be a speech therapist. So if people mm-hmm. have a, who people stutter or they aren't able to pronounce certain sounds, they might go to a speech pathologist. But what people don't often realize is that I'm a speech language pathologist. So I also work with language. So I worked with kids who, if they're reading something, they're having a hard time comprehending. So, you know, I think a lot of us, maybe you're reading something and you don't understand the words and it's really boring. You don't understand it. And you know, you have to finish it and you find your, your brain spacing out. A lot of that is because maybe the words don't make sense to you or the sentences don't make sense to you. So I worked with kids on those types of things because that can make school a lot easier for them. It could make help them be a lot more confident when they're reading if they have those skills. And if you have ever been reading something that you thought was really difficult or boring, you probably know how frustrating that is. So I did a lot of that as well. And then I also helped kids who were, um, had a hard time with writing. I think a lot of us sometimes don't really like writing. It's something that is very hard. We all sit down and think, oh, this is boring. I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't know what to write. I don't know how to plan for this. So I would help kids with that as well. And then also just um, non-school things that we might have to do that we might have to plan for. I would help kids with those types of things as well. Even something as simple as cleaning your room or packing your bag to go to a sport event or making breakfast in the morning. Oh, that's awesome. I struggle with all those things, the reading, the <laughs> writing, and the making the breakfast. All right. And so that's awesome. Uh, so what do you do now? So now I am, I help people who are in jobs similar to what I was doing. So I help people who work with schools do all of those things that I just mentioned. And I also talk to some of the leaders in the building to make sure that those people who are working with the kids have what they need to be able to do their jobs well. Nice. So you train the people who are working with the students Yes. right now. You work with them. That's awesome. So Tell us about executive functioning. So executive functioning, these are a bunch of things that happen in your brain and the part of your brain called the prefrontal cortex. So this part of your brain is still developing until you're in your early 20s. So if you're a teenager, you are starting to learn some of these skills, but you haven't fully developed them. And so that might be why sometimes if you have something hard that you have to do, it might be difficult for you to motivate yourself, or maybe you are in a situation and you feel like you're getting really upset really easily, even if you know that that's not something that's a good choice and you're having a a difficult time talking yourself through that. That has to do with executive functioning or um, another example of things that happen with kids specifically is that if they have a big assignment and they have to think about all the different steps that they need to do in order to do that assignment, maybe it's a report that's due at the end of the week and you have to think about what 
what does the end report look like? And what are all the steps that I need to do in order to make that happen? And how long is this going to take? How much time should I block out after I come home from my, uh, my club that I have to do after school or my, you know, my sports practice? So thinking about how long it might take. So all of those things that help you to think about a goal and then think backwards and think, what do I need to be doing right now to, to meet my goal? And then also while you're doing all of those things to help motivate yourself to do the things that you need to do, even if you don't feel like doing them. Mm. So executive, is that from the root word, like to execute something like to not to kill, but you know, to like do something, right? It's kind of like a control center. So like it's um, all the different things that need to go in place. Like um, if you're reading something, your brain needs to be telling you to pay attention. And so you have to be controlling that. Like if you're getting distracted when you're reading, that's part of executive functioning. Um, If you have to be, um, if I were were to use the reading example, uh, a lot of times when you're reading something, you have a picture in your head of what about what you're reading. And you're kind of aware of like, am I actually paying attention? And do I actually understand this? So again, the control center is you paying attention to how your brain is working and um, what you need to be what needs to be going on in your head in order for you to uh, do what you need to be doing to be successful. Do you think teens can actually do that? Well, um, they're the part of their brain that teaches them how to do that or that allows them to do that is still developing. So they can't do it as well as they will be able to when they're in their early 20s or mid 20s. Um, So it's really important to work on those things. So yes, they can do it better than younger kids, but they're still learning. So that's why sometimes some of those things that I just mentioned might be might be a little bit harder and they might need some encouragement from adults that can give them a nudge in the right direction. Mm, all right. So don't stop trying because it's hard is yes. kind of what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Nice. All right. So then how, like, how does that work? Like what can a team do to kind of be better at that? So one thing that is really important for a teen is that they do need some adults to help them stay accountable and work through some of those things because most of the adults in their life have executive functioning skills developed because they're older, their brains are fully developed. So it's important to have somebody who is an adult that's a mentor. So this could be parents, this could be teachers, this could be coaches, people that help you talk, help talk you through those situations. Because as a teen, your brain is still growing. Um, It's like a muscle that you're still building. So there might be times when you might not make the best choice. And that's normal. Um, It's it's normal to sometimes lose your temper, or um, maybe not realize how long something's going to take you and then you end up missing an assignment or getting there late, or the opposite could happen where you think something is going to take you way longer than it really will. And you inflate it in your mind and you think, oh my gosh, this is going to be so, so bad. And, you know, all this anxiety when really 
you know, your parents might know that it only takes you 10 minutes and it's not that big of a deal. So it is really important to have people to help you through that. But also you can realize that that you, you can take ownership for that as well. And if you do have some people kind of guiding you, you can do some of those things on your own. I mean, you can you can work on pausing and thinking and um, thinking about what the steps might look like in order to get to to your end goal. Um, so there's a lot of different things that you can you can do there. Um, I can I can go through specific examples if you want because there's so well, yeah. many different well, ways. Well, I, I wanted to comment on what you just said. I thought that was so awesome, and I want to make sure, teens, you heard that. Is so you you got this brain right that is building right now and you want to do things right these mm-hmm. executive functioning things but it's hard so what karen is saying is find somebody who knows how to use the brain and mm-hmm. get advice or mentorship from them your parents your teachers right uh, coaches if you're listening to this you got me right mm-hmm. and so find somebody like that to help you rather than going ah i'll learn how to use this later <laughs> yeah so and uh, And here's the other thing that can be kind of hard is that I mentioned lots of different people. So in order for you to be able to have all those people in your life, you have to do lots of different things and be willing to try things. Um, The way that you create a picture in your mind of what an experience is going to be like. So for example, in the story that we had at the beginning, there was something in the future that seemed really big and scary that. Uh, the character hadn't done before and the executive had to come and help the 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 character to uh, feel it and see it and imagine what it's going to be like because that's what's going to help you plan and feel prepared and and feel less anxious you're still going to feel a little anxious if it's something new that's normal but the way that you help yourself to be able to visualize better is by having lots of different experiences because sometimes something might be new, but maybe you did something in the past that's similar to that situation and you can use what you know from the past to the, in that future thing. So for example, um, I used to be a swimmer when I was younger and you know, when you're, when you're swimming laps, it gets kind of boring. It's you get tired and so I had that experience of doing um, doing swimming races. And as an adult, I decided that I wanted to try running. Well, running is different than swimming, but it's still a sporting event that where I have to sit and be uncomfortable and I have to think about how to pacing myself, pace myself. So I had I did something before that was different, but it was kind of alike. So I could use that to create the picture in my mind of what I think this new thing is going to be like. But really, um, the only way to start helping yourself figure out how to plan things, um, estimate how long things will take, figure out what the steps are and how they look is is to do lots of things and be willing to try lots of things. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, your your parents and mentors and all of those people in your life can can help you figure out how to do those things. Oh, that's awesome. That's smart, right? I experience a lot so that you can kind of learn from your past experiences. But what yeah. about if they feel like it's their first experience? So like in the story, right? Like, uh, you know, Larry's going to go uh, speak uh, and the executive shows up w- with a time machine contraption. Obviously, teens don't have that time machine contraption. Um, do you have 
something that they could do mm-hmm. to help them with that future imagination thing or to, to help them kind of uh, be able to function executively better the first time? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, 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 the word that we use, the adults use is called front loading where you're just planning and preparing, but something that, uh, that we might use in the, in the theater world would be doing a dress rehearsal of something. Ooh, I like that. So for example, if you're going to give a presentation, you might not be able to do that presentation for the, the people that you're, you're eventually going to do it for, but you can practice it in front of your, your mirror. You can practice it in front of your friends. Um, again, other mentors, so you can you can practice beforehand and try to make a situation that's going to be kind of like the thing that you're going to do. And that can help you to practice. It's not the real thing. So you're still going to feel a little nervous. If you're giving a presentation, for example, maybe you will um, stumble a little bit and stutter or do something like that. And that's okay. That That's going to happen. Um, sometimes people, and this is actually a specific technique for stuttering. Um, we sometimes have people stutter on purpose so that they can practice what they would do if that happened. So um, oh, another another good example is Michael Phelps, the goggle story. Have you heard about that? Well, I know he's the Olympic swimmer, but I have not yes. heard the goggle story. Okay. So it was, um, I can't remember what distance was, but it was in butterfly and it was one of his gold medals. His goggles filled up with water and he couldn't see, Oh, but, um, and he still won. Um, but that's because in his training, he practiced uh, for all of those different things that might go wrong. So he knew how to swim without, you know, with his goggles filled up. Well, he practiced with a with a goggles full of water. I'm not exactly sure what he did <laughs> specifically, right. but I know like that. that in his <laughs> he does he does presentations for people and talks about preparing for the unexpected and preparing for quote. And I'm using my big air quotes, bad things to happen, uh-huh. unexpected things to happen. So um, he he prepared for being able to swim and, and not be have good visibility. So right. um, yeah. but there's ways that you can practice that. Like, um, I mean, even like if you're a basketball player and you're doing a layup and, you know, it's it's nice when you have a nice clear path to the basket. But. Well, if you're in a game, there's probably people that are going to try to knock the ball out of your hand. So you do a scrimmage beforehand to to practice that. So what are all the things that could go wrong? And what would I do if that happened? Um, so it's, you know, if it's nice if everything goes perfectly, but that never happens. Yeah. So part of executive functioning is um, the 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 official word is ideational fluency, but really it just means being able to come up with a lot of ideas. What's your plan B? What's your plan C? What if this goes wrong? Can I practice coming up with other ways to do this? So that's something that you can practice beforehand too. So you can do the dress rehearsal. You can mm-hmm. practice, you know, what if I, what if I trip and fall when I'm going on the stage? Well, like, like, how do I get back up? In yeah. figure skating, which is what I used to do, one of the very first things that we teach people is getting up when you fall. That's one of the very first things that you teach in figure skating lessons. So mm, that's awesome. Ideological fluency. Ideational fluency. That's what I said. Ideational <laughs> ideation. Those are some hundred dollar words right there. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. And, and think about that, teens. It makes sense, right? Practice ahead of time, right? Visualize it. But how many times have you done something and 
not practiced it ahead of time. Cause for whatever reason, you're like, uh, it's going to be too much or too hard or, mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't think about it. Or oh, I didn't have the time. Now I'm doing my big air quotes. Right. Yeah. And so you don't do it. And then you go do the thing for the first time in front of everybody or when it really counts. So I like this idea of rehearsing it ahead of time, even practicing these contingency plans, right? For hey, what, what happens if this happens? What happens if that happens? And then you start thinking about these things ahead of time, which is what the executive caused Larry to do in the story is think about these things ahead of time. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And if you know what, we're sometimes we don't make good choices. Sometimes adults make don't make good choices and they don't practice beforehand. Yeah, it's true. You know, and, <laughs> and so um your executive functioning also helps you with that because you can look back and think, oh, well, what can I do better next time? Like mm-hmm. maybe I should have planned um and given myself more time to practice because sometimes you don't realize what you need to do to practice if you've never done something before so you realize mm-hmm. in the middle of the situation whoops i should have rehearsed this and i didn't think of it 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 happens all the time and so you can use your executive functioning to go back and um instead of instead of thinking to the future creating the future picture you can have the the little uh, mental rehearsal in your head of of, well, what was a way I could fix that and do it better next time? So that's, that's another thing that we do. That's why you said the, like have experiences that's going yep. back into the past. I think there needs yep. to be a sequel to this story right? yep. where the executive comes and takes something to the past and Hey, look at what you've done. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's learn from that. Wow. That's like a very complete picture. I think, right. Of or a very complete tool set for you teens to take with you if you're, if you have something big coming up, right. To get a lot of experiences in, so you can draw from that and then spend time dress rehearsing, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, ideological, uh, <laughs> um, functioning. I forgot the second word, um, but doing that to where you can sit there and actually plan it all out, plan it all out. And you won't be able to cover everything. I love how you say that you, you can't always prepare for everything, but you can be more prepared than you currently are. Mm-hmm. I yep. think that's great. Karen, yeah. th- this was phenomenal. I found it super helpful. Hope these the teens found it super helpful. Uh, any other last words before we uh, get where people can find you? Well, I think we've talked a little bit about this, but I know that a lot of times people, when they're anxious about something, you want to avoid it. But what people don't realize is that the only way to not be anxious about something is to go do it because a lot of times you go do it and then now you're more comfortable and confident and so you're less anxious. So we can't avoid being anxious, but we can create more things that uh, we're confident in doing. And so that means the, the types of things that make us anxious become harder and harder. And so all this this big pool of things that we're able to do and feel confident just grows and grows. But if we avoid things, then the amount of things that we're comfortable doing is this tiny little thing. So if we want to be confident, um, it's we're, we don't necessarily want to avoid being anxious, but we just want to make sure that we know what to do about it when it happens. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And I, 
Obviously, most of my audience are teenagers, but I do know that there's some parents and also educators who listen to my podcast as well. So uh, if people want to learn more from you and hear more about what you do, where can they find you? So I have a podcast called De Facto Leaders. We do I do talk a lot about executive functioning, but I also talk about lots of other things that need to happen in education for kids to be able to have a good experience there. So you can learn more about the De Facto Leaders podcast on really any of the podcast directories. And then my website is drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash blog. And that's where you can see the podcast. And then if there are adults here that want to learn more about executive functioning and how it can be improved in the schools, I do have a guide that kind of explains what everybody's job is in the process. Like, what's the teacher's job? What are the therapist's jobs? Um, what are the what's the parent's job? What's the kid's job in working on executive functioning? So that might be helpful as well for the adults. So you can get that guide at drkarendudekbrennan.com backslash efschools. Ooh, awesome. All right. I'll put those links in the show notes. Uh, Karen, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. Teens, do you want to be more confident? Do you want to be better at talking to others? Do you want to finally start working out or staying ahead of your schoolwork? Then you've got to switch into hero mode. And the best way to do that is to join my brand new gamified mindset training program just for teens, Sidekick to Hero. It's like YouTube and video games had a baby, but that baby doesn't waste your time. It helps you become happier and more successful in your real life. It's available now on desktop only at sidekicktohero.com. Go grab a parent and start your two-week free trial today.